In Hilchas Ishus Perikid Zayin, the Ramam discusses when there's other chayves, there's other obligations besides for the ksuba, and who gets priority to collect from the estate of the husband. The Rambam begins by saying that if someone married many women and he died, whoever got married first has precedence to receive the money for her ksuba, and that each woman has to swear in order to get her ksuba, and that each woman gets whatever is left from the person before, only from what's left. Similarly, if there's a loan that's to be collected from the husband's estate, if it came before the ksuba, then it has priority, and if the ksuba came first, the ksuba has a priority. This is all assuming that the property that they're collecting money from was there before the loan and before the ksuba. But if it was bought at a later date, after he married all the women or after he took out the loan and married, then in that case, the property became meshubad, became subservient to all of the loans and all of the ksubas at the same time. And so they, none of them have a precedence in this case. See Halacha Gimel for more details. The Ramam continues and says that if someone divorces his wife and he also has a loan that he needs to pay up, and he has money and he has property, but neither one could cover both of them, then the person who lent him the money gets to take the money, and the ksuba is collected from the property. The Ramam continues and says that typically ksuba is collected only from property, but the Ga'ina made a takana that it could be collected from movable objects as well and all any type of possessions that the husband owned. The Ramam continues and says that if a person married many women and then he passed away, and there is not enough money to cover all of the ksubas, then the following method is used to split up the money. We first find the lowest amount that's owed, and we give that amount to everybody. And then the person who has the lowest amount owed goes away and is already paid up. We then take the remaining amount of money, and then we see if we could pay the second to the lowest amount. And then we keep on doing that for all the other ksubas. Here's an example of how that would play out. Let's assume a person married four women and he gave one woman a ksuba 400, the second one 300, the third one 200, and the last one 100. This would total 1,000 coins. And let's assume that there's only 800 coins available. So what we would do is we would first give everybody 100. By giving everyone 100, the person who has 100 is paid up and she has her ksuba. We now have three people who have 100 that's left and... One person is owed 100 because she had a ksuba of 200, so we take another 100 and we pay it to everybody. So we've now paid out 700 coins and two people are now fully paid up. The last, the last two people have 200 and they were supposed to have respectively 300 and 400. So we take the last 100 coins, we split it 50-50 between them, and now one, both of them have 250 out of the 300 and 400 respectively. And that's how we split it up. The Ramam continues and says that someone who's a guarantor for Aksuba for a woman, even if they made a Kenyan with him, he's not obligated to pay because it was a mitzvah that he was trying to do to help her get married. On the other hand, if someone was a Kaplan for Aksuba, and a Kaplan means someone who said to a woman, please get married to this person, and I will give the Aksuba, I will guarantee the Aksuba, then in that case, he must pay the money. Additionally, if the guarantor in the first case was the father of the Chassan, then he is obligated to pay. The Ramam continues and says that if someone divorces his wife and there was a guarantor of the ksuba or he gave all of his possessions to Hektish, we make the husband make a net that he will not have enough from her. So this way we know that he's not making a knunya, that he's not making a scam essentially against the property of somebody else. See halachas yid alf and base for a situation where a husband wants to sell property that should be excluded from being able to be collected upon from the ksuba. Additionally, see halachas yud gimel through tezayin for the case of a widow who's selling her husband's property in order to collect from the ksuba. 
The Ramam concludes by saying that a woman who sells a ksuba to anybody else or to her husband does not lose the conditions that are included in the ksuba of the husband having to take care of her. But if she forgives, if she's Michael the ksuba, then she could be Michael the conditions that are in there.